Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneurial journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a marketing and branding consultancy that focuses on radical authenticity and genuine humanness in marketing and business. So just thank you so much for joining me. And we are continuing uh, this series that I started with the last episode talking about standardized success. And so for the next several episodes, I'm going to be sharing some of the lessons that I learned at this point, having invested, geez, it's got to be over 50K now into different types of coaching, some excellent and some that left quite a bit to be desired. As, as it went around in that TikTok trend for a while, it did not give what it was supposed to have gave, okay? So that is what I wanted to talk to you about today. And so we're actually going to do a two-part, probably two, might be three, it just depends on how much I end up talking, two-part series within this series. And I'm going to talk about what kind of looks like cult coaching. That's right. You heard it. C-U-L-T, cult coaching. And the reason why this came to me is because, or I guess I'll say not that it came to me, but that the correlation came to me is because I stumbled across the bite model of authoritarian control, the bite model of cults, as written up by Dr. Stephen Hassan. He recently published his dissertation as of last year in 2020 about the use of the bite model and how it could actually help the legal system better prosecute crimes committed within cult-like environments where there was undue influence exerted over the members of different organizations. You know, I mean, he even calls it like mind control, essentially. So if you want to read up on that, I'd highly recommend it. You know, you could just Google the bite model, Dr. Stephen Hassan dissertation, and you will easily find it. You can download it as a PDF right off of ResearchGate. So it's a peer reviewed, uh, you know, peer reviewed article that was accepted by that particular board. So that was incredibly fascinating. And so what this series is going to do is we're going to talk about the bite model within the context of the online services, online coaching, consulting services industry. Not everything is present, of course, but based on my reading, I found some startling some startling similarities, some startling <laughs> behaviors, especially when I look at it within a grander context. So first, real quick, and I'll do this for all of the episodes so you don't have to keep going back and forth. But real quick, I just want to break out the acronym for you as Dr. Hassan created it. And so it's BITE, B-I-T-E, which is oddly appropriate since when you bite somebody, it hurts. <laughs> but the B stands for behavior control. 
The I stands for information control, the T for thought control, and the E for emotion control or emotional control. It's one of those. And so today what we're going to talk about is the behavior control and the information control, because I think out of the four, these are the two that are tapped the least in terms of the different examples that Dr. Hassan gives in his dissertation. And you can also find other information about the bite model and a website that seems to talk about it a lot is freedomofmind.com. And that was where I first came across it because I was looking looking into manipulation and again as it relates to to these different coaching programs. So the first one we're going to talk about is the behavior control. And out of the four, and even when compared with information control, I think that it is tapped the least. But I think that this is mostly just due to the fact that these coaching programs tend to be online. And so it can be harder to try to moderate or control someone's behavior. Now, that's not to say that there isn't certain shame thrown around in these Facebook groups based on behavior or behaviors that people admit to engaging in or not engaging in. So sometimes that's it as well as shame for behaviors that you're not engaging in. But they're, you know, it's just kind of interesting. So let me go ahead and give you some of the things that I found and, and some examples. So one of the things is that the group requires you to spend a significant amount of time like with the group and with people in the group as part of what ends up being an indoctrination. And I think, you know, and then also like they the groups also instill certain rituals that you're supposed to complete that everybody is doing. So you know, I, I know the word ritual can sound a little bit strange for some people. I, I have we all have daily rituals, if that's what you want to call it. And then, of course, I have my own spiritual rituals as well. But when we look at rituals within the 3C program, the cookie cutter coaching program type of context, these could be things that they insert into your daily morning routines. This could be uh, things that are inserted in your evening routines, but basically it's you sipping the Kool-Aid a little bit every day. And then not to mention the significant amount of time that you're supposed to spend with people uh, within the group. So this could be in the form of live streams or weekly events, weekly Zoom calls, and, and you know they're checking to see who's attending. And don't get me wrong, this one alone is not like some type of huge, aha, it's really, it's a cumulative thing. So I hope that you'll stick with me for the next two or three episodes because I've also been in great coaching programs, again, that I've invested in, even after being in the coaching programs that did not give what they were supposed to have gave. And this is also true for the really good coaching programs. They do want you to spend a lot of time with like-minded people, and that can be really beneficial, but you still have to stay in control of your own mind. And I really think that is, of course, the key. <laughs> so one of the other things that fall under the behavior control is discouraging individualism and encouraging group think. So if you've been a group think as in, you know, going with the crowd, you know, it's funny because some of these programs they'll like disparage like what they call sheeple, the sheep people. But in what ends up happening in these, especially Facebook groups or any other type of platform they would use for the group, you end up getting a whole bunch of sheep or what it'll feel like for the person who's a bit of an individualist is it'll feel like they're in a pack of wolves because everybody will start tearing at them as soon as they reveal some type of doubt or vulnerability. They'll post it in the group somewhere and everybody else has been so well indoctrinated that they just start tearing into this person, you know, probably further damaging their mental state. 
Another one that falls under behavior control is imposing rigid rules and regulations. So this one's really important here, and you can actually see it in a lot of even the downfalls of different societies or or when when governments get overthrown. But one of the easiest ways to occupy good people, people who are just trying to, you know, follow the law in some cases, follow the rules, is to change the rules to make good things or normal things illegal. So if if I I love to read. (laughs) My name's Ruthie and I'm addicted to reading. And if they all of a sudden made it illegal to read, you have now made me a criminal, right? So in a lot of these groups, though, they'll have these very rigid rules. And when you start to express doubts or, you know, say that you're having trouble, they'll say, well, have you been doing this? Have you been doing this? Have you been doing this? Well, have you been doing this? Oh, look at this. Look at all these things that you haven't done. And that's the reason why you're not succeeding without even considering for a moment or allowing for consideration that the person's doubts may still be founded in something true, right? This person's doubts or the trouble that they're having may be rooted in something else. If you ask me, oh, did you do this thing here where you're supposed to reach out to five people every day or you're supposed to reach out to 30 people every day and slide into their DMs and try to get them on the phone? And and then the person says, no, I haven't. That just feels really strange. I don't know if I, I really want to do that. You know, I'm struggling, you know, because I'm not able I haven't been able to get people on calls, but I just I don't feel very good about that. And then they say, OK, well, that's why you're not succeeding because you're not doing that. So go do that. But what if that person's not succeeding because they don't have a good offer? What if their client experience is going to completely blow and they're worried about that and so they're self-sabotaging? But most of the time, these programs, they don't take the time to dig into that at all. And so it kind of leaves the person, you know, up, you know, the paddle up shit creek (laughs) without a paddle. Another thing, and this ties in with the first one, the, the rules and regulations instilling that deep sense of obedience and dependency. When you feel dependent on the group when you feel like you absolutely have to obey. And and like I said, that ties into to the other things. So you end up with group members again that kind of are like sheeple, except that they're more like wolves because they will tear into anybody. It's kind of like Grug in The Croods, the first movie, where he's like, is that new? Kill circle, form the kill circle. And the family forms the kill circle and they start to, you know, break the shell that Eep got from Guy. If you've got kids or if you like cartoons, you you maybe have seen that. But the main female main character gets a shell. There's a bunch of cave people. She gets a shell. And her father is like, everything new kills us, so we can't have anything new. And so anytime something new happens, that's what happens. The family is kill circle. And it's like, and you know, something new. And that's how the father's story goes. You know, she found something new and died. And that's that's how it is. And so it tends to be what happens. And I guess the crudes are actually a really good example of behavior control, as well as many of the other types of control. And even for Grug, like he was just trying to keep everybody alive, not to go too far down into the, you know, authoritarian control or the merits of his authoritarian control. But yeah, you know, so it's, it's pretty interesting. All right. Let's go ahead and take a look at information control. And this is where we, you know, this is the second one in BITE. So remember, BITE is behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control, okay? So now we are looking at information control. And this one, I think we see a bit more of 
it, when compared to behavior control, but not as much as thought and emotion control. So I'm really looking forward to that one and or those two and sharing those two with you. I may have to split those up into two different episodes. But it's not, you know, information control isn't quite tapped as much, you know, probably just due to the fact that, you know, the I have my phone, I have con- contact with the internet, I have contact with other people. And most of these 3C programs, again, that's cookie cutter coaching. Most of these 3C programs, they're online. So like, what are you going to do? They still manage to do some. So one thing is distort information. They are excellent at distorting information to make it more acceptable or even intentionally distorting information to make it less palatable. Again, kind of setting off the pack of wolves that are the other well-indoctrinated group members. And sometimes it's distorting information, almost like when we were talking about, oh, this person's not you know, paying attention to the rules that we've instilled. Why is that? But not digging deep enough into the why or understanding that this person has a problem with, let's say, their insecurities and uh, the coach may or may not poke and prod at those insecurities intentionally, not to actually help the person, but to actually get them to fall in line. You know, so they're distorting even mental information that they have about that person's state. Ooh, compartmentalizing compartmentalizing information into outsider versus insider doctrines. So if it doesn't come from us, it's sus, as in suspect, because that's that game among us, right? And somebody in there, they're sus. So that's become part of the kind of slang vernacular. So sorry for any of my international listeners. So the sus is suspect. So yeah, so insider versus outsider doctrines. If it doesn't come from us, it is sus. You can keep that one in mind. And that's that tends to be what happens, you know, because they'll say, oh, well, I heard from this person, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, you know, this is why you shouldn't listen to them. And we're so successful. And look at all the stuff that we've done. And if you were going to, you know, consume information from multiple sources, you need to focus. Don't spread yourself. You know, don't spread your information. Don't get all your information from a bunch of different sources. You need to focus. Number three that I found that was pretty calm, I think that we've probably all seen if you've been in these types of coaching programs, the 3C programs, is... Ensuring that the individual behavior is monitored by the group. And I've kind of talked about this already. Like somebody posts in the group and it's not, I've hit, you know, my 30K month or it's not, I just got five new clients this week or it's not, oh, this stuff really works. If it's not one of those and it's like, oh, I'm kind of struggling. Depending, depending on what the person says, you know, especially if they get a bit emotional, again, the pack of wolves just sets in on them and kind of tears them apart. That person may never post in that group again because mentally it was just such a horrible experience, especially if they post while they're feeling vulnerable and then they get torn apart. Extensive use of cult generated information and propaganda. So with a lot of these bigger programs, they will have so many resources they can afford to create newsletters. They can do online newsletters. They can send newsletters to your house. They can send you like approved books. They may have podcasts. They may have blogs, tons of content for you to consume. And if you are following the rules, right, and you're consuming all of this content and there's no external content or or anything like that or content from other perspectives or let's examine this and look at that, you are going to be consuming a lot of content from one particular source, which is really, really, really going to limit your exposure to outside perspectives. That's dangerous for your creativity. Like that's harmful to your ability to be creative. And this one has probably got to be the one that I saw the most. And you'll have to let me know in a message, email, comments, depending on where it it is that you find this episode. But the misquoting of statements from non-cult sources or using them out of context. 
So one thing that 3C programs absolutely don't like is other people shitting on their program. And so what they will do, what they will do is they will actually make fun of these people. They will make fun of these people. And this is something that I saw more than once. You know, if somebody was talking like I would not be surprised, honestly, if I get made fun of <laughs> like, oh, but Ruthie left testimonials for these programs. And I mean, even about that, they ask you for the testimonial when you're high on life and you think everything's going to change. They don't ask you for the testimonial at the end. <laughs> and so, you know, I would not be surprised if I get made fun of as a way to tear into my credibility. Right. Because my perspective absolutely cannot be valid. My experience cannot be valid. It can't be in the face of what it is that these programs try to put out there, which is basically everybody who listens, everybody who's smart enough, everybody who's great enough, everybody who is good enough succeeds. That's basically what they're selling. If you can be good enough, you can succeed. That's, that's pretty much what they're selling, which means that if I don't succeed using that program, if I don't succeed using their methodology, then I can't be good enough, which means I shouldn't have any credibility. So they might as well go ahead and strip it from me. And you know how I know? It's because I saw it. And I remember laughing along with everybody else like, ha ha, that person's just so jealous and whatever. I remember because I was on that side. I was sipping the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I was. I was sipping the Kool-Aid. So just the, the, these are just the first two. And like I said, the, the last two, I may have to split them into two different episodes. Maybe not. But we will see. But these are just the first two. And again, it's not any one thing. What you're looking at is an accumulation of things. When these things are co-located within one program or, or within one company, this is what you get. This is what you get. So I hope, <laughs> I hope you are getting some gems, getting some lessons learned from me here with, uh, you know, and I know like I'm like, OK, over 50K invested in, in different, you know, high coaching, high ticket coaching programs. And I know that that's not a lot. I have I have friends who have spent quite a bit more, but this is where I'm at in my journey. So that's why I wanted to share it with you from my perspective, because I can't necessarily speak to other people's perspectives. I can tell you what's been shared with me, if possible. I can tell you what I experienced. But my goal with this is just to make sure that as you're going around online and you're being exposed to these different things and, and these excellent manipulation tactics, that you are walking into whatever you're walking into with your eyes open. That's all that I want. So this has been an episode of the Defiant Business Podcast, and I hope you'll join us for the you know, next few episodes as we continue talking about cult coaching and the BITE model as it was developed by Dr. Stephen Hassan. Thank you so much for joining me, and do me a favor. If you enjoyed the episode, you've been with me this whole time, then go ahead and share this episode with somebody else. You may validate their experience. You may start a really important conversation. And I'd love for you to kind of, you know, spread the love and, and get the conversation going. If we don't stop these types of behaviors in our industry and in our online services industry, well, I mean, either way, a reckoning is coming. The question is, is, you know, which side of it are you going to be on? So... I look forward to the next episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others and post about it on social media. 
To link up with other Defiant businesses, join my Facebook group, The Defiant Business Group. The link is in the episode description. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.